Now, have you ever had to have a hard conversation with someone? You know, you just, there's something that you need to have that conversation with someone and you're not sure how they're going to take it. So you think about it. You think about the words that you want to say. You think about how you want to say it. And you really hope that they're not going to mishear it. So you practice it and you practice it and you practice it. And then the time comes and you're standing in front of the person and you need to say it. So you take a deep, deep breath. And you say, mate, that mullet really does not suit you. We all know what it's like to have a hard conversation. And we all know what it's like to have that fear that somebody is going to just mishear what we're going to say. And as I was preparing this message this week, that's what this message has been. I know that sometimes in church we can kind of hear part of a message and we miss the rest of it. And I want to really encourage you today to hear the whole message. Because what I don't want is I don't want people to just hear part of the message today and to go off and hurt people with what they hear. My prayer is that today this message will be heard in the spirit and the spirit that it was intended and the way in which it was intended. See, today we're going to be continuing our series on Sermon of the Mount. And last week I looked at Jesus' words of do not worry and pointed to Jehovah Jireh, the Lord is our provider. Today we are starting chapter 7. And this is one of those really famous parts of what Jesus has said. You know, this is one of those areas that even those outside of the church, they've heard this. And so let's, let's read it. It would help if I remember to have this. So, verses 1 to 6. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way that you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Do not judge or you too will be judged. As I said, this is one of those messages that even those outside of the church have heard it. This is a famous thing and it seems, it seems pretty clear, right? And yet, when we first look at it, what message comes from this is not actually what Jesus is saying. Because Jesus isn't saying that we are not able to speak truth into other people's lives. Jesus is not saying that we are unable to challenge other people. Jesus is not saying that we are unable to ask questions of other people. 
Because to take that reading of this scripture would be to completely ignore other parts of scripture. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. You know, we are called to actually teach and admonish each other and that requires us to make some judgment calls. That requires us to speak into other people's lives. 1 Corinthians 5, 12 to 13 says, What business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge those inside? God will judge those outside. Here we see that there is actually an expectation that we are going to challenge each other, that we are going to hold each other to account. Galatians 6, 1-2 says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. And again, There is this call that we are to speak into the lives of others. And in all of those things, there is this need for gentleness. There is this need for care. There is this need for caution. But if we look at Jesus' words, I've broken something there. Uh, If we look at Jesus' words, do not judge or you too will be judged, and we just take it at what it seems to be saying, contradicts those other passages of scripture and so what is it that's actually being said here well Jesus is warning us against an attitude he's warning us against a posture and a way of thinking and it's a posture of condemnation and superiority you know a lot of people when they choose to judge somebody a lot of people are wanting to point the finger at others they are wanting to build themselves up so that they are somebody greater And they want other people to be belittled and demeaned and destroyed. And that is what Jesus is speaking against. Jesus is saying, I don't want you to do it that way. I don't want you to be speaking in a way that puts other people down, that destroys them. I don't want you to be doing it as if you've got it all together because, let's face it, we don't. Instead... Jesus, in this passage, is challenging us to check our posture, to check our attitude, to check ourselves before we have a conversation. See, this this is an attitude that is consistent with Scripture. This is consistent with what the Sermon on the Mount is all about, which is community, which is building each other up. And so, if we want to look at how do we actually do this well, how do we actually speak truth into other people's lives well, this is what the next couple of verses help to clarify for us. So, if we add verse 2 into the mix, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way that you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. The same way that you judge others, you'll be judged too. The measure you use will be used against you. This is Jesus restating the golden rule. 
Do unto others as you would have others do unto you. Treat other people the way that you want to be treated. And as I was reflecting on this idea this week, I thought about a glass of water. Now, I want to get a little bit of audience participation this morning. Normally, when you look at a glass of water, people ask the question, is this half full or half empty? So, I'm curious. If you would say that that glass of water is half empty, can I get you to raise your hand? Okay, thank you, thank you. All right, hands down. If you would say that that glass of water is half full, raise your hand. Okay, so from that very objective uh, participation, we have got a lot of optimists in the room. Because often we give names to the people who see that as half full as being optimistic or positive. To the people who see it as half empty, we say they're pessimists. They view things a little bit negatively. As I was reflecting on this idea this week, I kind of realised that, well, one thing, I change depending on the day and my mood as to the way I see the glass. But I actually realised that that glass represents how I look at other people as well. See, there are some days where I am tired and cranky and annoyed and I see people from a half-empty point of view. I see people in a way where I see the worst in them first. You know, if somebody does something, and I think that they've done it intentionally to annoy me, I see somebody do something and I think, you know what? They have done that with full knowledge of what they're doing. They have done that knowing that it's the wrong thing and they just don't care about hurting other people's feelings. Now, I have days where that's me. And it sucks. But there's also another mindset that we can have. It is a half-full mindset. And if half-empty is seeing the worst in people, then a half-full mindset is when we set out to see the best in other people. When I look at other people and go, you know what? They were so busy thinking about everything else, they actually missed that bit. They, they didn't think that about the other person. They missed it because they were thinking about all these other things. You see the best in them. You see that they are trying. They are wanting to do a good job, but they just kind of made a mistake. Can, can you guys relate to those two mindsets about people? Yeah? See, I know that I often have a half-empty mindset for people. But when I, when I think about it, when I think about how I want other people to view my actions, I don't want them to see me as having a half, for, with a half-empty mindset. I don't want people to see the worst in me, to think that I've intentionally set out to hurt people because, let's face it, we all make mistakes and we all hurt people at times. We all fail. When other people look at me, I want them to see that I have tried my best. I want them to see me with a half-full mindset, to see the best in it, to see it from a positive. And if we want other people to see us with that, then what Jesus is saying here is we actually have to judge other people. We have to judge people from a perspective of they are trying their best, that they are doing what they can to get things right that they are wanting to grow, that they are wanting to change, that they are wanting to develop. This is a posture of restoration. 
And so what Jesus is saying is before you actually take the opportunity to speak into somebody else's life, before you take the opportunity to share with somebody else, actually check yourself. Are you looking at somebody with a half-empty mindset, seeing the worst in them? Because if you are, Jesus is basically saying, hey, walk away. Just don't even bring up this conversation right now. Don't even approach this thing. Just walk away. Because have you ever noticed that when you walk away and come back with a half-full mindset, you realize the issue doesn't even matter? Because that happens a lot for me. And so this is the first thing that Jesus is calling on us to do. He's calling us to check our viewpoint, check how we are viewing other people. And to maybe wait for a better mood. The passage continues with verses 3 to 5. And says, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. You know, sometimes I think that for those of us who might have grown up in the church, we kind of hear these stories so much that we miss the absurdity of some of the pictures that Jesus used. Like, I can't imagine Jesus delivering this with a straight face. I think that he had this cheeky little smirk on his face as he was sharing it because this picture is absurd. Somebody's got a speck in their eye and you've got a plank in your eye. And I can just imagine that the people listening kind of laughing and smiling. And then they start to think it over. They start to mull it over and the smile kind of drops from their face because they realize that there's a bigger truth behind this. Because Jesus is speaking against a judgment that seeks to belittle others, that seeks to condemn others, that seeks to point down at people from a position of superiority. And his answer is this illustration. His answer is to check yourself first. Now, if you notice in here, Jesus doesn't say, your sin is worse, so you have no right to speak into the lives of other people. Instead, he says, first, deal with your plank. First, look at yourself. Then you can choose to look at something else. And as I was thinking about this this week, I kind of remembered every time you go on a plane, you know how there's that safety demonstration at the start? You've got the air hostesses demonstrating that if there is a lack of oxygen on the plane, the air masks are going to just drop from the top And the one thing that they always say, one thing that they always share with you is don't help other people first. If you've got kids, don't fit their masks first. Fit your own mask first. Why? Because we need to be what is connected to what gives us life before we can help others. We need to actually bring our own hurts, our own failures, our own sins, our own challenges, our own blind spots to Jesus before we can actually go and help other people, before we have the ability to speak 
to other people. We've actually got to go and look at ourselves in the mirror. Now, I'm not talking about looking at ourselves physically in the mirror, making sure that you shaved properly this morning or anything like that. But I actually mean making some time to sit down with just you and God and say, hey, God, I need you to actually give me an accurate picture of myself. God, can you show me my good points? But God, can you also show me my failures? God, can you show me my sin and my pain? But God, can you also show me the journey that I've been on, the progress I've made? Can you show me my struggles and my blind spots? And God, can you show me where you have been redeeming this as well? We actually need to sit down with God. We need to have this accurate picture of ourselves. This is dealing with the plank in our own eye. This is looking at ourselves. And I love it in First uh, Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. Paul says, gives us a trustworthy saying. He says, here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. That's a challenging saying. And Paul says that's trustworthy and deserves full acceptance. But that saying tells us two really important things that help to shift our mindset. The first thing that it says is that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Jesus didn't die for me because I'm so good. Jesus died for me because I failed. And the second part, of whom I am the worst. I don't know about you, but there are a lot of times where I actually have to check myself because I start to compare my sins to other people's. But in God's eyes, all sin is equal. See, this, this passage or this verse is here to remind us that we have all sinned. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. We have all missed the mark. And because of that, we all deserve the wages of sin, which is death. And when we actually think about this, when we allow this to actually make it through our minds, there is a mind sh mindset shift that happens for us. Because all of a sudden, rather than us wanting to stand above somebody else and point the finger at them, that, that position of condemnation, of superiority, when we actually think about the fact that I am a sinner and I'm the worst, it makes us want to just sit down in the dirt. It makes us want to sit down beside the person beside us. Here is not a place where we point the finger, where we condemn. This is sitting down beside somebody and going, you know what? I know what it's like to fail. I know what it's like to mess up. I know what it's like to try and get it wrong. I get what it's like to fail again and again and again. So what can we do to support you to get better?
This is a position of love. This is a position of caring. This is a position of wanting to love our brothers and our sisters. To reach out and put an arm around them. This is not superiority. This is humility. And sitting down in the dirt beside someone. And so Jesus' words are to check ourselves in the mirror first to realize that we need to sit down beside somebody, not point the finger. And the final, the final point that Jesus brings up is verse 6, and it says, Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Now, often people will look at this verse as a new section, that it's not sort of related to what's come before. And there is a lot here that you can actually have a whole sermon on. But this is also connected to Jesus' instructions on how we are to judge others, how we are to support and encourage and speak into their lives. And basically, what Jesus is asking us to think about here is, is this person willing to hear? Because this is a really important question to ask. When we look at these verses that I shared at the start of today, Colossians 3.16, 1 Corinthians 5.12-13, and Galatians 6.1-2. When I look at these verses, there are a couple of things that stand out to me. The first is, these verses are all to do with the way that we as Christians treat other Christians. It is not about the way that we treat those outside the church. And often Christians get a name of being judgmental. Often Christians get a name of being uh, superior and looking down and holier than thou and all those sorts of things. And This is where I come back to the start where please hear the whole message, please hear the heart. Often people try and judge those outside the church as if they are ones who are, have chosen to follow Jesus. And they haven't yet. I say yet. See, when I, I love the story of Paul at the Areopagus. So Paul is in Athens. This is Acts 17. And Paul goes for a walk around the city and he sees all these idols to the uh, all these idols to various gods, and he sees one, the idol to the unknown God. And when he goes down and he speaks in the marketplace, he speaks to people who don't know God. He starts with where they're at. He starts by telling them, hey, let me tell you about this unknown God. And he describes that there is a God who made them, that there is a God who loves them, there is a God who formed them in his image, a God who cares about them, that sent Jesus. He describes who God is. And he does all these things before he ever mentions anything about repent. And he doesn't say what they need to repent from because that's for a later conversation. See, Jesus' words here are challenging us on, is this person willing to hear? Is this somebody who we can actually speak this truth into? 
And part of that is we need to ask ourselves the question, is this person in the church? Are they ready for that yet or not? You know, as a parent and in the classroom and in youth ministry, there are often things that happen where there are so many things at once. And one of the best lessons that I was ever taught was pick your battles. You don't deal with everything all at once. Instead, you choose what is the thing that is going to matter most now, here in this instant. Sometimes we need to do this as well. When we judge, when we speak truth into somebody else's life in love. And see, even for followers of Jesus, that's an important question that we need to ask. We need to actually ask ourselves, is this person in a place where they are willing to hear? Because sometimes they're not, and that's okay, because it's a journey. And sometimes we also realize, I'm not the right person to do this. Can I just encourage you? At the end of this message today, don't use it as an opportunity to go, you know what, I'm going to go have a conversation with somebody I've never met before to speak truth into their lives. Just be cautious about that. We need to have relational credit. We need to build up a relationship so that we can speak into people's lives as well. See, Jesus says, do not judge or you too will be judged. We are not called to condemn others, to speak from a place of superiority, but instead Jesus is calling on us to speak truth into the lives of others, helping them to grow in their walk with God, helping them to grow into who God has made them to be to speak to them from a perspective of wanting the best for them and knowing that we are the worst. And having wisdom and discernment to think about, are they willing to hear us right now? See, these words are so important for community. We need to be able to speak into the lives of others but we need to do it with love and care and concern. Colossians 3, verses 13 and 14 say, Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. I want to just leave with that picture. Because as I said at the start, this is the kind of message that people can hear part of it and people can get hurt. We live in community. We need to support each other, bear with each other and forgive each other. And over all of this, put on love. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, Lord, I want to just say thank you for the Sermon on the Mount. God, you have given us so many difficult teachings in that place. But Lord, your heart and your desire is for community. Your heart and your desire is that we would be able to speak truth to each other, that we would be able to love each other, and we would be able to help each other. Lord God, my prayer today is that this message will be heard in the spirit in which it was intended. 
And God, if I have misspoken in any way, if I have missed the mark in any of these things, then Lord, I just pray that your message will be the one that seats itself and grows in people's hearts. And Holy Spirit, we just pray that as we do interact with each other, as we do love each other, Lord, I pray that you would guide us in that to be able to do it well. Lord, these things we pray in your name. Amen.